all about Jesus. It's all about the Lord. All about the Savior and the promise of His Word. It's all about Jesus. Welcome to It's All About Jesus, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Eagle. You are listening to a Sunday morning message by Pastor Mike Sasso. If you would like to join us for church, we meet every Sunday, 10 a.m. at North Star Charter School, 839 North Linder Road in Eagle, Idaho. You may also join us live streaming at that time. Go to cceagle.org at 10 a.m. to watch the whole service live. If you can't join us then, you can always go back and watch the video. Let's listen in to today's message. It's all about Jesus. It's all about the Lord. Let me read you first from the Phillips translation. Hebrews 6, 4 through 6. When you find men who've been enlightened, who've tasted the heavenly gift, and received the Holy Spirit, who've known the wholesome nourishment of the Word of God and touched the spiritual resources of, of the eternal world, and, then, and who then fall away, it proves impossible to make them repent as they did at first for the re-crucifying the Son of God in their own souls and exposing Him to contempt. As they did at first. Catch that one, okay? Because it, it means they did at one time. Now, uh, the Bible in basic English. Let me read it to you. I looked at so many translations. I just picked a couple that might be helpful that I feel like say it the way it really is. The Bible in basic English puts it this way. As for those who at one time saw the light and tasting the good things from heaven, having their part in the Holy Spirit, with knowledge of the good word of God and the powers of the coming time, and then they let themselves be turned away, it's not possible for their hearts to be made new a second time because they themselves has put the Son of God on the cross again. I put that again because he already died for them once. They're going to reject that? He's not going to die for them again. And because they are again crucifying... Oops, I just jumped to the next one. I'm again, open to, putting them to open shame. I jumped to the, the next one, sorry. Here's the next one. Is uh, the Good News Bible. It's a paraphrase. I wouldn't use it as my only Bible, but I do appreciate the wording of Hebrews 6 here. Uh, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 4 through 6, Good News Bible. For how can those who abandon their faith be brought back to repent again? I think this this paraphrase nails it, okay? They were once in God's light. They tasted the heavenly gift and received their share of the Holy Spirit. They knew from experience that God's word is good and that they felt the powers of the coming age. And then they abandoned their faith it's impossible to bring them back to repent again because they are again crucifying the Son of God and exposing Him to public shame. Okay, that was good. Let's move on to some happier verses. Okay? But I tell you what, I'm just telling you, I want to do a thorough job of this because as a young Christian, there were times I've struggled with text and then I'd, read it, I'd listen to one of my favorite teachers and he would just read right through it and then he'd keep going, Wait, what does this mean? I never want to do that to you, okay? I want to go deep, whether you like it or not. Okay, so let's move on, and I, ho- I, I know some of you are happy to do so, to verse 7, then, the author of Hebrews says, For the earth which drinks in the rain that often comes upon it and bears herbs useful for those by whom it's cultivated receives blessings from God. 
But if it bears thorns and briars, it's rejected and near to being cursed, whose end is to be burned. Now that's, that's an analogy, an allegory, that the author now wraps it all up with, and I think it's real clear to you. It's kind of like a John 15 allegory that we just looked at, right? At bearing fruit versus the thorns and the thistle. And so what verse 7 and 8 of Hebrews 6 is basically saying is, the one who continues to receive a blessing from God and yet yields nothing but thorns and thistles will ultimately be judged as worthless and be rejected by God. And you think, well, can someone be rejected by God? It's funny. During worship, I'm thinking, wait, there's a verse I left out on my notes. And I had to look it up. It's not in PowerPoint. It's not in your notes for your small groups. But this is one that always struck me as a new Christian uh, from the Old Testament. And it's First, First Chronicles chapter 28, verse 9, where God makes a promise to Solomon. He says, As for you, my son Solomon, this is First Chronicles 28, 9, As for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your fathers and serve him with a loyal heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intent of the thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. Does God do that? Nah, can't mean that, what it says. I'm just telling you. Look it up, study it more on your own, and I'm sure you could find, if you look hard enough in commentaries, you will find a commentator who will put it the way you want it to be put. But that's not what I'm looking for. I want to know what it says. Okay, so... Let's look carefully at these last two verses, and we're going to end with these two verses today. And I'm sorry, I see a couple of visitors here today. I know this is not putting you in your happy place. But as you've already heard me say several times, I'm committed to teach the Scriptures and teach them as they say. And I want to make sure that we never go through a text and there's questions that remain in your mind. So I'm going deep. I don't always go this slow. Well, don't... <laughs> Well, sometimes. But I want to make sure you get it. Okay, so verse 7 when it says, um, <clears throat> verse 7, For the earth which drinks in the rain and often comes upon it and bears herbs useful for those who, by whom it's cultivated receives blessings from God. Um, you know, when the earth receives rain and, and bears useful plants, it's doing what it's supposed to do. It's fulfilling the purpose and, ju and justifies being Sent the rain. It's like, okay, well, God sent the rain and it worked out. You've been blessed, now where's the fruit, you know? I'm, I'm watering you, I'm giving you nutrients, I planted the seeds, I'm expecting fruit. So God looks for fruit in our lives. He blesses us, he's looking for fruit, he's looking for spiritual maturity. Now, I used to think fruit just meant Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and onward. You know, the love and joy and peace and all. But wait, as I studied it for today's message, I'm realizing... You, you go through the, especially the New Testament, fruit can mean all kinds of things. And in your small groups, you're going to look at some of these and discuss them. But fruit could mean right living, the peaceful fruit of righteousness, Hebrews 12, 11. Fruit can mean praise, the fruit of our lips, praise unto God. Uh, and that's Hebrews 13, 15. 
It could mean the fruit of the Spirit, like I just quoted in Galatians 5.22. It could also mean good works, as Colossians 1.10, that you're, you're doing work unto God. That's fruit, by the way. You don't, you don't do good works to earn God's love or earn God's salvation. It's the fruit of being a Christian, uh, Ephesians 2.8.9 and 10. Okay? Um, so it could, mean, it could even mean financial giving, where Paul is writing to the Philippians, and he says, you know what? I'm taking up a collection. We're trying to help the poor saints in Jerusalem, and I'm looking for, for some fruit of your giving. So it can mean a lot of different things. It basically means results. It means evidence of being a real Christian, being willing to, to do something with what you've got. Evidence of life, okay? So verse 8 goes on to say, <clears throat> If that ground bears thorns and briars, it's rejected, and near to being cursed, whose end is to be burned. So if the ground is blessed by rain and refuses to bear fruit, no one blames the farmer. Well, bad farmer. Well, sometimes the farmer did something wrong, but not in this case, okay? So here's your next couple fill-ins. We're going to go deep here. Spiritual growth is the first two words I want you to put in there. Spiritual growth and bearing fruit are always factors that keep us from drifting and falling away. You find somebody who's backslid because they stop serving the Lord with their life. They stop going to Bible study, but not just Bible study. You need more than just going to church and, I read my Bible. You need to live your Bible, okay? So spiritual growth and bearing fruit. Do something with your life for the Lord. Serve the Lord. And that's the great thing to stop you from drifting or falling away, okay? Now, when we abide, here's the next one. When we abide, is the word, in Jesus, we will bear fruit. John 15, 5 says that if you're staying in Christ, remaining and abiding in Christ, you're going to bear fruit because Christ is doing that work in your life and there's no danger of falling away, okay? So what I want to close with today is a parable that Jesus told in Luke chapter 8. And, and I encourage you to turn to Luke chapter 8 because you're going to look at this. We're going to look at this together. Luke chapter 8, Jesus told the parable of the soils. Some people say it's the parable of the sower. Or the parable of the seeds? I think it's the parable of the soils. Because the soils represent the different conditions of the heart. Let's look at it. Luke chapter 8. Hopefully you found 8 by now. Let's look at verse 4. When a great multitude had gathered, and they had come to him from every city, and spoke by a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down. And the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on the rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away and it lacked because it lacked moisture. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it out. And some fell on good ground and sprang up and yielded a crop of a hundredfold. Now, different Gospels say a hundred, some forty, some sixty, some a hundred. There's different levels of fruit. We, we're not going to go into all that today. But he says, when he had said these things, he cried, He who has an ear... Excuse me. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. God wants you to hear. He wants you to hear what he has to say. Okay? Now, then he gives the, 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 the key, the decipher code, to what this parable is about. Because a lot of people heard it, and they've seen that in real life as farmers, but they didn't know what, the, what it meant. So then he goes on to explain in verse 11. He says, and this, he took his disciples aside, told them privately, the secret to the parable. Verse 11. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear and the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts lest they should believe and be saved. 
The ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, they receive the word with joy. And, and these have no root, who believe for a while, and in time of temptation they fall away. Now the ones who fell among the thorns are those who, when they've heard, they go out and are choked with cares, riches, pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. Verse 15, And the ones that fell on good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. This is heavy, okay? So just to make sure you get it, and I've given you some fill-ins so that you can make sure you get it all. The soil is the heart of men and women. The soil is your heart. And it, there's various conditions of, of heart conditions and soil, okay? The seed is the word of God, the gospel message. The sower, well, here it could be Jesus, but it's anybody who spreads the gospel message, anybody who plants the seed. So it's the one who spreads the gospel in general, okay? Now here's the thing to keep in mind as we look at the understanding of this parable. Failure to produce fruit is not the fault of the sower, right? Well, it didn't grow, or at least let's say in real life you could throw it in the wrong place intentionally, but Jesus doesn't blame the sower and he doesn't blame the seed. There's nothing wrong with Jesus. There's nothing wrong with the word of God or the gospel. It's not, what it, what's the problem? It's the condition of the heart. Failure to produce fruit is blamed here on the soil. It's good soil or bad soil. It's a bad condition of the heart or good condition of the heart. And by the way, in this particular parable at least, it's uh, failure to produce is never blamed on, well, it just wasn't meant to be. Have you ever, ever people do that? Well, it wasn't meant to be born again. It wasn't meant to bear fruit. It was, it was predestined. Stop it. That's not what this parable is saying. It's saying the importance of the right condition of the soil to receive the seed. And there's four types of soil. And we get end with this as we look at the four types of soil in Luke 8. And the first one, and I've got it there for your fill-in so that you can take notes. The first type of soil is, I'll call it wayside soil, the soil on the wayside. It's those who hear the message with no reception. And, and what went wrong here, according to Jesus, it says, look at verse 12, but those on the wayside are the ones who hear, and the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. So what's blamed? Spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. You know what? They heard they, and before it even got to take any, the devil came and took it away. Have you ever, maybe you've tried to witness to somebody, or you brought your friend to church, or bring them to a Christian movie, and they are all distracted, and there's spiritual warfare going on. Okay? And by the way, can I say, you don't have to go, which one am I? Because you've probably been each one of these at one time of your life. Okay? That you've probably been a time when the seed fell, and the devil took it away, and you had a second chance later. Okay? So, here, here the wayside soil. They hear, there's no life. The devil came and it took it away. The second kind of soil, let's call it rocky soil in verse 13. And this is a picture of, a picture of temporary faith. In Christ's interpretation of this parable, he clearly affirms the possibility of a person actually believing in Christ, making a sincere commitment to Jesus in the beginning with faith, but later falling away and turning their back on their commitment. And this could happen because of temptation or because of all kinds of distractions in life. Look at verse 13. But the one, ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. They received it with joy. 
but these have no root, who believe for a while. This looks like life started there. They believe for a while, and in time of temptation, they fall away. I'm just, why am I going to this parable? It fits what we're looking at in Hebrews 6. Okay, Then uh, let's look at one more. Actually, two more. The thorny soil. Number three is the thorny soil in verse 14. And where the message is actually choked out. And there's many different factors that could choke out the Word of God in your life. Look at it in verse 14. It says, The ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they've heard, they go out and they're choked with cares or riches or pleasures and they bring no fruit to maturity. It's interesting what struck me as I'm looking, taking another look at this over this last week is that not only are there a great variety from good things and bad things that distract them, riches, that seems to be a good thing, pleasures, that's a good thing, or cares and worries, right? There's all kinds of things that can distract you and, and, and prevent the Word of God from growing in your life. But interesting, I never noticed before, is that it says that they heard and then they go out and they're choked. It doesn't ever say that they received it with joy like the previous one, right? So this could even be someone who heard and they're thinking about it. But they got distracted by all kinds of other things. Or maybe even as a Christian, have you ever been a, born again, you love the Lord, but oh, you feel like the Word of God is being choked out of your life because of cares or worries or riches or pleasures. Ever have that happen to you? Come on. Huh? So that could be a believer or a non-believer. I'm not sure exactly. It's not clarified here. All right. Now, let's look at the good soil, which in other Gospels, this parable actually shows you a variety of different lengths of fruit. The good soil in verse 15 says this, but the ones that fell on the good ground are those who they've heard the word with a noble and good heart. They keep it and they bear fruit with patience. With a noble and good heart? Doesn't the Bible talk about our wicked heart that's so depraved? Well, let's just face it. God's been working on this heart, okay? God's been working in this person's life, preparing them. I don't think anybody just hears the gospel and on their own, uh, they're just such good people, they go for it. I think God's got to work by the power of His Holy Spirit and the power of His Word. He's working on every heart. And He's preparing the soil of the heart of these people. And uh, He's been working on them, and now they receive. And honestly, let me tell you again, don't just put yourself in any one of these categories. Well, it's me. I'm the one that's choked out. Well, if you're the one that's choked out, get unchoked. And, 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 and get right with the Lord and grow. Okay? We, we don't have to be stuck in any one of these conditions. Okay? But he, so here's the thing. Is there something you can do about it? What if I'm the one that's being choked? What if I'm this one? There is something you could do. The Bible's filled with admonition to people in that condition. Let me give you a couple of verses on this. In Luke chapter 21. Jesus said this in verse 34. Watch out. Don't let your hearts be dulled by carousing and drunkenness, by worries of this life. Don't let the day catch you unaware like a trap. For that day will come upon everyone living on the earth. Let's talk about the day of, of the Lord's return. Keep alert at all times and pray that you might be strong enough to escape these coming horrors and stand before the Son of God. You know what? Jesus wouldn't tell you to do something if there's nothing you could do about it. Have you ever heard people act like that? Well, I guess I'm just not meant to be a strong Christian. That's just not who I am. Well, repent and watch out and don't let your hearts be weighed down by drunkenness and worries of this life and pray. Okay? That, there's, there's answers. But some people just want to go, well, que sera, sera. Remember that one? You're, not, you're too, too young. Whatever will be, will be. 
That's not the way the Bible deals with it. Let me give you another. Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 3. Because I was looking up that verse that says, break up your fallow ground. Have you ever heard that text? Break up your fallow ground. I love the way the New English translation puts this text. I'm going to read it in verse 3. It's a little bit expanded. Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 3. Yes, the Lord has this to say to the people of Judah and Jerusalem. Like a farmer breaking up hard, unplowed soil, you must break your rebellious will and make a new beginning. Well, I can't help it. This is just the way I am. Repent. He goes on to say, just as the farmer must clear away the thorns uh, lest the seed is wasted, you must rid, you must get rid of the sin that is ruining your lives. What? You mean it doesn't just happen if it's meant to be? No, the Bible continually speaks to you as if you've got a free will and you've got a choice to hear and obey or to hear and ignore or to hear and reject. The Bible continually speaks to us as if we've got a responsibility to hear the Word of God and obey it or suffer the consequences or experience the blessings depending on the situation. Okay? Get rid of the sin that is ruining your life. You know what? That's your choice. Well, God's just... That's just the way God meant. You know, I've heard people say, well, my dad was a drunkard and an adulterer, and that just runs in the family. Well, repent. Stop. Now, the Scriptures constantly speak to us as if we are a free will and a choice. So let's look at one more. I think there's one. I think I'm almost finished here because we do have communion. Okay. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 26. I'm reading this from the New Living Translation where God says, look, Today, I'm giving you the choice between a blessing and a curse. God gives us a choice. You will be blessed if you obey the commands of the Lord your God I'm giving you today. But you will be cursed if you reject the commands of the Lord God and turn away from Him and worship gods that you've not known. Why do we see stuff like this and just go, I've got a, I got a choice to make. I've got a decision to make. It's funny, one of the favorite bumper stickers I've seen people have. I don't know. I haven't seen it lately. But there's a, uh, it, it's an excerpt from um, Isaiah 30, verse 15. And it says, In quietness and peace shall be your rest. Well, they don't write the whole thing out. Well, maybe because it won't fit on a bumper sticker. But let me read you the whole thing. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15. This is what the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, Only in returning to me, and resting in me will you be saved. By the way, you notice I'm reading from the New Living for this one. Only in returning to me and resting in me will you be saved. In quietness and confidence is your strength. But you would have none of it. God is saying to his people back in the Old Testament, I had peace for you. I had salvation for you. I had rest for you. And in me, if you'd return to me. But you wanted to have nothing to do with it. Do you see the responsibility God puts upon us? We've got to hear and obey his word. So really, it, it's important when we read stuff like this that we go, Lord, what's the condition of my heart? What needs to change in here, inside? Lord, help me to both hear and obey, or I should say hear and heed God's word. Because, you know, we all, most of us have a, uh, a pattern of either going to church or listening to Bible studies or, or read our verse for the day. But I don't want to just read it. I want to live it. And I don't want to just put my trust in Jesus as my Savior. The Bible says He's also Lord. And so God help us to be real Christians and do it right. Put our trust in Jesus as Savior and Lord. 
and where repentance is needed to apply generously. This verse I want to end with because we've looked at a lot of negative stuff today, but I want you to keep your eyes on Jesus. 1 John chapter 5, verse 11. I love this text. This is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. This life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Listen. These things I've written unto you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you might know that you have eternal life. You don't have to guess. You don't have to go, I hope I'm saved. You could know if you're trusting in Jesus, you could know that you have eternal life. Wait, but it goes on. And that you might continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Man, the scriptures keep saying, you've got Jesus. There's nothing better. Don't turn away from Jesus. Hold on. Believe in him because in him and in him alone is eternal life. So continue to believe. Hold course. Father, we bow before you now. And I pray, Lord, that you just have your way in our lives. Lord, thank you for getting me through this difficult text that not many people enjoy. It's difficult. It's challenging. But Lord, I, I, your word is truth. And it sanctifies us. And we want to stay true in your word. And Father, right now, I just want to lift up to you myself and the body of Christ here. And I pray, Lord, if there's anyone who's just not right with you, who needs to make changes in their life and get right with you, hear their cry. Hear their prayer right now. And if that's you, I'm going to pray for you. If you're saying, you know, I, the Lord spoke to me and there's something I need to repent of. Would you pray for me, Pastor? Because I, I, there's some changes that need to take place in my life. I want to pray for you. Would you lift your hand up so I know who you are? God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. Pastor, pray for me. I, I need to repent of some things. God bless you. There's things in my life that need to change. God bless you. Anyone else? Just raise your hand and say, Pastor, I, I, the word of God has spoken to me today and I need to get right. Anyone else? Just raise your hand. God bless. Father. Father, thank you that you are gentle and caring and that you're not walking around with an axe but a pruning shear. And Lord, we ask now that you would prune those things out of our lives that are keeping us from being all that we could be. Make us what we should be. Do what only you could do in our lives. Cleanse us of our sin. And Lord, help us to take responsibility, not blame anyone else, not blame you or our parents or our spouse. Lord, we want to repent if there's sin in our lives. So hear our cry and help us to stand up or actually bow down before you. Repent and then stand up and walk with you. We hope you enjoyed today's program. You can find all of Pastor Mike's messages and any other information you would like about Calvary Chapel Eagle online at cceagle.org. In iTunes, you can subscribe to the podcast Calvary Chapel Eagle Sunday morning. If you are new to the area and don't already have a home church, we would love for you to come check us out. We meet every Sunday, 10 a.m. at North Star Charter School, 839 North Linder Road in Eagle. That is one block north of Highway 44. You can call or text the church phone at 208-891-2635. Once again, you can get any information you need at cceagle.org. There you will also find a link to join our Facebook page. So until next time, remember, it's all about Jesus. Yeah.
the power of His name.